Christian Parenting. Support for Paradox comes from the Timothy Center, your online counseling center, no matter where you live. The Timothy Center is a faith-based counseling center in Austin, Texas, offering online teletherapy for those that live in Texas but outside the Austin area. If you have questions and would like to consult with Jimmy, Josh, or one of their licensed professionals, visit them at timothycenter.com. Recording live from Austin, Texas, powered by the Christian Parenting Podcast Network, a conversation about marriage and family that women will love and guys won't want to turn off. Doctors Jimmy Myers and Josh Myers are a paradox. Merry Christmas, everybody! Ho ho ho! And a bottle of rum. No, a, that's the that's a pirate. Bottle of whiskey. That's a pirate. So we're coming to you, recorded. Uh, we, I was going to do my oh, what's it, uh, Brent Mutzberger, coming to you live. Touch beer. You seen those commercials? Huh? His Dosakis football commercials? No. Ugh, they're pretty no. terrible. So we're not live, we're taped, of course, but we're coming to you the week of Christmas, and oddly enough, how apropos that we are finishing, we're going to combine the last two of the four horsemen of the marriage apocalypse for today's show, which is money and in-laws. And what better time of year to have conflict in those areas than the holidays? Well, and you're going to spend a lot of money and see a lot of in-laws. And there you go. Well, but COVID. We're not supposed Makes to be seeing people. Different. Makes it a little different. We are not supposed to be seeing people. Are you seeing people? Uh, yep. <laughs> uh, well, and here's the thing. Because uh, I, uh, Billy, who was our longtime producer for the first, you know, however many years we did this, uh, he has recently been really ill. And so he's coming because this, this is the holiday where, well, this year, all of you guys, our kids and grandkids on Thanksgiving go to the in-laws, or at least away from us. And then that means that y'all will all be here for Christmas. And, you know, Billy was asking about that, and it was just like, well, you know what? Yeah, we're going to see our kids and our grandkids. And so we're just rolling the dice. If we get it from them, then we get it. But there's no way that we're just going to just say, nope, uh, we're not going to see you. And now probably... Two and a half of our five listeners just left. Yes. Because they were offended by that. I know. I know. Because masks are just a huge liberal conspiracy. (laughs) I wear masks constantly. (laughs) All right. Here's the thing. So we're going to take both of these. We're going to take money first. We know that you all know, everyone within the sound of my voice knows that money is a source of conflict in marriage. Can I get an amen? Mm-mm. Okay. We know that because if you're married, you know you fight about money. So that's just the thing. It's just it's just almost universally true. Well, it's darn near impossible to get both both people in marriage as savers mm-hmm. and and or as spenders. And you probably don't want both being both. Right. You want to balance. But, I, I mean, I, I would assume nine out of ten marriages, one's a spender and one's, one's a saver. One's a saver. 
And so and, it's fraught with conflict to begin and with. And the other, you know, and they look at each other like they're, they're you know, arch nemesises, arch nemesis. Nemesis, nemesis. So it, it's like, well, you're wrong for wanting to spend money. You're wrong for wanting to save money. Um, so it, it, you're right. It, it just kind of, it, it goes back to everything else in marriage. It, it goes back to how we were raised for the most part and how we handle money either is a direct opposite of what we observed growing up or we model that um, from, from what we saw. Money, money is also very personal. Very. Um, it equals security. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so obviously how you feel like you should spend or save is the only best way mm-hmm. because it equals your security. And it's very, to your point, it's very personal and it can become a source of power within a relationship, which is why, you know, I hear this all the time and I just, I, I used to, when I, when I was, I'm almost exclusively you know, doing the, the sexual addiction recovery now, but when I was dealing with more couples and kids and you know, you would hear this from a wife, primarily kind of from a wife. Or no, nah, I take that back. It could be either one. But they would just say, Well, you know, I'm given an allowance. They even use the term allowance. Like they're a child. And the one that does the money, the, the biggest mistake I see is one one person takes care of the money, uh, allocates the money. And to to include giving the spouse an allowance, and if they spend more than that, they have to come to daddy or they have to come to mommy and ask if they can have more for their. It's just a horrible way of doing things. Yeah, 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 and not even that extreme. I think it's quite normal for one spouse to know the finances and the other spouse to just be in the dark and, and yes. not intentional. Just they've never asked for the passwords yeah. to the application online yeah. to see the finances. They don't necessarily know how much money is coming in or coming out. Um, and so that's a less, in a, it's the same problem, but certainly a less innocent yes. or more innocent rather. And I guess the, the first thing that it, to me, one of the more important things, because it, it just slays me that, that I, I would see this all the time, which is I make the money. Therefore, I determine what to do with the money. Even if both spouses are working, but one of them makes more than the other, then they go, okay, well, now then I am the chief breadwinner. So it's my money. And so I'll dictate where my money goes. And if there's ever a toxic attitude when it comes to money and marriage, that would be it. And it it might make sense, though, at very infantile stages that rationale as far as if you're wanting to like break up what everybody pays differently and if I make you know the money then I spend my money and if you make your money you spend your money it's very basic that might make sense but I think that it creates more problems than it solves oh absolutely the idea is because it should be y'all's it's it's our money yep and if if I'm the breadwinner and I go off to the salt mines and I bring back the cashola, 
then I'm the, you know, that's what I do. Therefore, it's my money to spend it however I want. Well, hey, Buster, the reason you can go out and work and make that money is because your wife is at home taking care of the kids while she's also working a part-time job or full-time job and she's cooking and she's, she makes your life function. So it's not, it, it's sort of like, you know, a, a wide receiver that just struts around because I'm so great. Well, you don't catch a pass without a quarterback or a line or it takes both of you. Everybody needs a Troy boy. Mm-hmm. Triplets. Mm-hmm. So it's important to see that it doesn't matter which one is making the money because as a married couple, you are a team making a family work. Making money for the family is just one aspect of making a, a family work. Yeah. And that's every dollar that, that you make, she, or it's the 21st century, he that stays mm-hmm. at home. Or Z. Z that stays mm-hmm. at home. Yep. Z is making half of that, yeah. to your point, because mm-hmm. they're making your life easy. And you would have to worry about childcare and pay for childcare. Uh, if it wasn't for your spouse or significant other that's at home. And so it is a it is a mentality switch. You know, even when my kids, they're tiny, when they, you know, ask about money and we're having money conversations and how much things cost and, well, you know, who bought that for you? Your mom and I did. You know, that yeah. it's very important that you instill mm-hmm. that both of us are purchasing things. And when we get down to kind of what the solutions are, is you you absolutely do this together? No, ma- even if 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 you're married to an accountant, in our marriage, Beth does it because she's just that's where you get your love of numbers and spreadsheets. It comes from your mother. It makes me throw up in my mouth. So even though she's the one that's better at the accounting and and all of that, we still once well actually it's once every two weeks. It's okay. Here's what we're gonna do. You know, obviously there's the regular bills, but then we're going to make this decision. We're going to make this decision. So even though she's the one doing it, I am fully aware of what's going on. So it is a combined, no one's uh, um, opinion trumps someone else's opinion. The saver doesn't trump the spender. The spender doesn't trump the saver. So it's important that you, whatever you do and whoever's primarily the one paying the bills in the family is that still you are together in doing it. I would be the spender in my family. Which is so we owed. Well, in my family of origin, I am the saver. Yes, you are. Which gives you some indication of my family of origin. (laughs) You know, that whole thing about Boyd would suck if you had both that were spenders. Yeah, that would would be your foo. So, all right. No, I am the saver compared to Mm y'all. But compared to Katie, I am the spender. She's frugal. She is miserly. Mm-hmm. Frugal. Wise. Not miserly. She's wiserly. <laughs> miserly is frugal. Yeah. But it's a negative. Uh, so I, I love her. We don't ever give allowances. Just stop using that word. It implies a discrepancy of power and authority. So what you do is when, when you budget, and my Lord, with the budgeting software stuff that are out there now, QuickBooks and... All that just tie into your bank. I mean, it's so there's no reason that you can't budget in these days and time. It's done for you. It's done automatically for you. But whatever it is, you allot 
each other personal money. It's not an allowance, but you each get $25 that you can spend every month on whatever it is that you want to spend it on, or $250 or $500, whatever, whatever your family's allotment is. And you, you spend that money and the other person doesn't comment on it. It's your money to go spend on it, whatever you want to spend it on, but it's not an allowance. Someone doesn't say, okay, here, New I give designer you... Nike shoes from Amazon. That's what I would spend mine on. Yes, he was going to show me his new Nikes, and they're knockoffs. I got a $50 gift card from our old our When old the side producer. of the shoe says Mikey on it, <laughs> it should have been a hint that it was a knockoff. Billy, uh, thank you, Billy, gave me a $50 gift card for my birthday uh, last week, and so I spent it on $45 Nikes. And I get them in, and they look great. The first thing I noticed was not the look; it was how uncomfortable they were. My my feet hurt at the end of the evening. And I, I was know Mike and Nike made uh, made cardboard <laughs> shoes. This is so. I just odd. put them up. Still proud of them, thinking I was just you know I need to get them worn in. And as I put them on today for the second time, I noticed there's an air. It says air on the side. <laughs> but I then looked around the shoe and I saw no swoosh. There's no swoosh. And on the tongue of the shoe. Uh, it says running. <laughs> <laughs> Dead giveaway. And then another thing. So not only are we going to allot each other money, that that's people's personal use, uh, and this is part of the budgeting, but it's also, you, you say to yourselves, and, you, and, and every family is different, but you set an amount of money that no one, other than you know what's in your personal money that you can do whatever you want, you, there is no expenditure of over... $200 or pick it that you don't run it by and agree with each other. So, you know, you just can't go, oh my gosh, I think I'll get a new driver for $750. Hey, honey, look what I got. And when, when you're scraping her brains off the ceiling from her head exploding, that's something that you should have mentioned. So you talk about, so there's there any expenditure of over a certain amount of money, whether that's a repair, whatever it is, that there's coordination on that. And again, these are just a couple of, just a couple of little hints on bringing people together, viewing money more as a team than an object of, of a power struggle within a marriage. And I would also say, I'll say this because of the American way of debt. Amen. There have been times in our marriage where we were eighty to ninety thousand dollars in student debt. Katie and I. Well, well, that's another funny story. That was that was me in debt, and I had her practicing. It is our debt. You'd have to say it out loud. <laughs> Write that a hundred times. And there was also times where we have been thirty thousand dollars in credit card debt, and it is. Uh, and apparently that's all you too, because Miss Miserly, she doesn't put thirty thousand on the card. She has learned. She has learned to spend to a little spend, bit. Has she, she has learned so to you've spend off on her. a little bit. But yes, it was mostly me. <laughs> anyway, that is so stressful, and it is sleepless nights, and it is we have we've had to sell two homes to try to pay off debt, so we just keep moving. <laughs> <laughs> and it finally uh, dawned on us that we need to live below our means. Whoa. Isn't that weird? Whoa. I know. 
That's crazy talk. It took us seven or eight years of marriage. And so we moved into a small apartment for several years to just get our budget correct. And I, so I, I would just say this, that if you are $1,000 in the hole each month like we have been, and if you are drowning in whatever debt it might be, uh, make wise decisions to get out of that. I cannot express the freedom that it brings. And probably one of the best ways of doing that is Dave Ramsey. And just grab your envelopes and get your cash. I mean, it's pretty hardcore, but it really does work. Like his debt snowball and those type of things. And one other thing, real quick before we move on to in-laws, is, is, is money is one of the great things, most important things. Again, it's one of the four horsemen. And we virtually never mention it to our children. We, for the most part, just become ATMs. When they need money, we hand it to them and we go on about our business. And there's never much of teaching them about money, which is where an allowance, now we can talk allowance because we're giving it to our children, but where an allowance comes in, I'm, I'm a huge advocate of allowances, and so that the child can learn that you get a certain amount of money every week, whatever, you know, $5 a week or whatever you want to, whatever. And they're going to tithe 50 cents. They're going to save 50 cents. And then they have $4 to spend. And that gets grilled into their head. Uh, years ago, there was a family, and, and this was years ago. So I don't, with inflation, I don't know how much money this would be. But they said, yeah, we give our daughter $400 a month allowance. And I was going, oh, whoa, Nelly, what in the... But what they did was, out of that money, you've got to pay for your gas, you have to pay for all entertainment, you have to pay for your clothes. So if you want $150 jeans, you're going to have to not go to a few movies, save up for several months in order to get that. Again, they required her to save 10, tithe 10 and then manage the other. And so when they get older into the teen years, you know, doing something like that is really important. And then they started her this way at 16 getting a job. And so they said, "Okay, we're backing off of what we've given you and your job is going to have to make up that difference." So as as weird as it sounded, it was actually a pretty good idea because they really were teaching that young lady how to manage her money as a, as a I'm kid. assuming they were also wealthy. They were. So not everybody has to as, uh, oh, aspire yeah. to $400 a month per Absolutely. child. Absolutely. But just, but just the concept yep. of giving them amount of money and, as we said before, the number one thing to fight entitlement in children is job. Get them a job. They need a job. We laugh, but it's not funny. They need to have a job starting at age two which is if they get a toy out, their job is to put it back. Uh, so getting them a job, making sure that they understand how much a dollar is, uh, is one of the great ways of avoiding what we see in society that we just really don't like, uh, these entitled kids. So there's a little, a tiny little treatise, a tiny treatise, a TT, a tiny treatise on teeny money. Uh, so yes, now you know. Everything there is to know about money. How to handle it. 
within and a family in a marriage. We were planning on doing also in-laws, but yeah, that didn't happen. Jimbo's hot air you kept are so verbose. Kept to go in You are a verbose. So we'll do in-laws next week. We'll do in-laws next week. If you want more information about this episode or anything previous, uh, paradoxpodcast.com. You can also go to christianparenting.org slash paradox. We hope you enjoy your Christmas. Mm. Jesus, amen, is the reason. For the season. For the season. Amen. It is not Happy Holidays, Mm-mm. Starbucks. Mm-mm. It is Jesus Christos. It is Ho Ho Hanukkah. No, no, that's no, not it. No. Merry Christmas Merry to Christmas. you. Bye. For more information about the voice of the Paradox Podcast, Julie Lyles Carr, go to julielylescar.com. And if you want more details about what was discussed on today's show and find the archive of all our past shows, go to paradoxpodcast.com. <laughs> <laughs>